You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. Welcome to The Heidi Rue Show. I have a wonderful guest with me today, Annette Joseph. She is a mom of two. She's a wife. Get ready, because I'm about to give you this whole long list, okay? (laughs) A photo stylist. She's been on the Today Show, the Martha Stewart Radio Show. She's worked with Gwyneth Paltrow on her penthouse, if anybody has heard of Gwyneth Paltrow. She's the author of Picture Perfect Party. She's working on a new book. She splits her time between Atlanta and Italy, and she's renovating a medieval fortress in Tuscany. So no biggie, right? No big deal. (laughs) And I met Annette, it's been, I guess, a couple years now, because Annette does these fantastic photo styling workshops that are just like so much fun. And so I went to go and and do that for my blog and I learned so much. And it was one of just the most fun days ever. We went and we shopped for like props and oh, it was just it was just really, really incredible. So today on the podcast, you're going to hear some great business tips from Annette, how she got started. Seems like a lot of stuff. I know. We're going to be here for two right. days. Buckle up. Okay. Buckle up, because here we go. So tell me, how did you end up a stylist in the beginning? Like, what was that journey like? Well, I think I've always been a stylist, I will say. My dad was a painter. He was a... Um, master's trained oil painter. Mm -hmm. So I used to set up a lot of the uh, still lifes that his students would paint. And so I learned at a very early age about composition. So I think Mm -hmm. I've always sort of had that. I worked as a, um, I went to school, I worked as a store planner. I worked in retail and I was a visual merchandising person and I set up the windows. Oh, how fun. um, It was a really fun job and I did it all through college and then I also did it when I graduated. I was a store, you know, store visual merchandising manager. I helped design a store here in Atlanta, which is kind of how we wound up here. Oh. And I kind of got sick of sort of the big corporate world, so I started my own business and it was a small specialty store design business. I did that for a couple of years. Oh, okay. And um, I was working with a photographer, and he was taking photographs of my work for my portfolio. And I was sort of moving things around for the camera. And he said, you know, you'd make a really good photo stylist. And I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I was like, what is what? that? What now? So he said, come down to the studio, which I did. And I, I went down to the studio, and I met my first ever art director, uh, Penny Kelch, who I'm still very good friends with. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been, you know, years, a million years ago. Um, and she explained to me what they do. Yeah. And basically told me that we were setting up uh, these these vignettes for photographers to take pictures of, which I thought seemed very simple since I had already been doing window dressing. I mean, right. you know, super easy. But not so much. It, <laughs> it's a whole so other It is because game, what huh? we teach is we teach styling for a camera mm-hmm. and Styling for a camera and composition for a camera is very, very different. It's 3D versus 2D. Mm. So what I tell people when they come to our workshops is that the camera sees everything. Mm -hmm. Like when we look at things with the human eye, we sort of hone in. Like I'm looking at you while you're interviewing me. I hone in on you and everything else goes away. But if I were a camera lens, I'd see everything mm. around you. And this place isn't particularly messy, but you do yeah. see, like, the mess and you right. have to edit things. 
And even in a space like this that's very clean, you'd still have to take things away. Mm -hmm. So I teach people sort of how to shift their eye. And it took me about a year to shift my eye. Mm. I really had a hard time, actually. Really? Um, yeah, it was really tough. And I finally did it in the in. You know, I say back in the old times, <laughs> we used uh, Polaroids. So it was a very tiny oh, wow. image that you were styling. So you really had to be tuned into composition yeah. because you were just seeing shapes, which actually helped me a lot. Mm. In this day and age, it's harder to teach because we have, you know, digital. It goes right. You know, it's, you're tethered to a monitor. You're looking mm -hmm. at the monitor and you're not seeing it as well. When everything's teeny tiny, you're seeing all the shadows and all the weight and all the composition. So oh. that's what we teach at our workshop. And that's what I had to learn when I yeah. first started working in a studio. And I worked at the studio for about three years, and I did everything. We did all sorts of kinds of shooting because it was a big studio downtown. It was one of those big warehouse buildings. And so we had um, – we shot portraiture. We had all sorts of different kinds of stylists that did food styling and prop styling, and we oh. styled wardrobe. So we did a lot of different kinds of things. So it was a great place for me to learn. It was like going back to university again and, yeah. and learning about how to be a stylist. And then I um, had my kids and kind of went out on my own, and it was a perfect job for a mom because mm -hmm. it was freelance, and I could take the jobs I wanted. And if I wanted to be art mom one week, I could say no to a job. Right. And, um, so it was really nice, and I did it for many, many, many years. And it sort of, as my kids grew, my business grew, mm -hmm. um, which I highly suggest for moms if you can work it out where your kids are little and your business is little and it gets bigger as they – you know, mm. get busier at school. And then finally, by the time they went to university, I was a very busy stylist. And I had clients, all sorts of lifestyle clients, commercial clients all over the country, actually wow. all over the world. So, um, yeah, so we kind of, I kind of grew the business. Yeah. That's probably really encouraging, too, to moms that are listening that maybe do have young kids and mm -hmm. they're starting out their business and thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm juggling so much I think that would be really encouraging for them to hear. Well, yeah, that it's just I also taken time well, yeah, and I, but I think that you know a lot of people look at me and they go, oh, you know, she just had this business, but you know, realize that this business had to grow, mm -hmm. and I think the thing that people lack these days is patience mm -hmm. and putting the time in, and every year it gets better and better. Um, just like with your kids, every year gets better and better. Right. It's the same with the business. Every year gets better and better. You have to be very patient. And I always tell people to give it three years, see if you like it, see if it's mm -hmm. starting to make money, mm -hmm. and then go from there. And yeah. I, I think I've never been one to sort of overanalyze things in the business sense. I've just done what I really enjoy. And then I've sort of watched it grow, mm -hmm. and I've kind of – I'm always a person that's sort of looking ahead and seeing, like, what's the next thing coming down the pike. And yeah. that's sort of how I've always done my career is I've mm. sort of just kind of gone – driven down this road and gone on this journey and sort of looked ahead to yeah. see what's coming down the road and see if that fits into my business plan right. at all. And that's why my, bus my business has definitely morphed over the years mm. tremendously. I mean, it's just like a grove of mushrooms, you know, wow. it's just kind of, I've been over here, I've been over there. So, <laughs> you know, and I think that um, it's really important to be really flexible when you're mm. creative and open-minded and um, not, you know, not be so hard on yourself and yeah. also not look at everybody else. I, mm. I'm not a person that looks at what other people are doing, obviously, for my crazy life choices, but <laughs> but I really don't. I really don't. Um, I really am all about what, you know, what's good for myself and what's good for my family mm -hmm. and where I am at in my life. And mm -hmm. I think that the nice thing about growing older is that you 
really kind of have a sense of yourself and what's important. And, you know, you kind of do you. Yes. And so that, And that's my biggest advice when people ask me, like, how do I get there? I'm just like, just do you. I right. mean, be smart, read a lot, you know, be open, mm-hmm. talk, to, talk to people. I'm a big networker and talking to people just about what they're doing and yeah. why. And I think you always have to stay very sort of fresh, hmm. you know, not set in your ways. Yeah. So with such a long career... Do you so even long. have? Do you have? <laughs> um, I mean, you're no like. I'm. You're I'm, not that. I'm, I'm not. Old. I don't mean to say it like that. Oh man, I'm okay already. with that. Though. I really am. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! But how? What's your favorite project so far? Can you? Do you even have one? Can you pick one? Oh golly! Well, you know, I have favorite projects for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and usually when I'm in in it, I really like it. I don't. I really pick things to do that I like. I mm-hmm. rarely, uh, you know, I think if you work in a corporate environment, sometimes you're you have to do things yeah. that you're mm-hmm. mm, not that thrilled about, but right. you kind of slug through it because you know something else good is going to come your way. Um, but I've never really. Uh, picked things that I didn't really like to do. Right. Um, I think the really wonderful thing about being a freelance person is that you can say no, which is a very good word. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that because, you know, with all this branding and people sort of, you know, having this really specific identity, I think it's really important to know what's what you should say yes to and what you should say no to. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I tell people is say no. You know, if you don't feel like it's the right thing, just say no. Mm -hmm. Because something else better will come down the road. And that's the hardest thing when you're a freelance person so hard and you really want (laughs) and you really want you know you you know you're making a living and you're really nervous I get it but you have to have faith that something better is going to come down Mm -hmm. the road so I most of my projects have been wonderful I've really enjoyed all of them I will say you know obviously a big highlight was Gwyneth Paltrow sure and that was a big surprise that project and I have to say not only was she wonderful but the people around her were wonderful and I've ended up being friends with them, which is really oh, wow. after you know six or some years, yeah. we're still in touch and we're still friends and we still wow. see each other. And other friendships have bloomed from those mm-hmm. friendships, meeting other people. Um, and, you know, I know Gwyneth Paltrow gets a lot of crap and a lot of hating. And I have to be really honest with you. She was one of the nicest people I've ever mm-hmm. met and super easy client. Yeah. And really knew what she wanted. You know, very, very educated, very intelligent, very easy um, you know, she's really just kind of a nice Jewish mother. Yeah. You know, she really it. is. And, and you know, the thing about it is, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be Gwyneth Paltrow because she grew up in the business. Right. And so she's, of course, she's going to be Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure. You know, she didn't grow up like me or you. And, right. You know, so you're always a product of sort of your your upbringing. And I have to say she was, you know, unbelievably polite and and a pleasure, you know, and, and really awesome. the things I got out of it were more the friendships that I made mm. of the people that were around her. Yeah. yeah. Was there any project that you just, it was just the worst? Like either you just felt like, oh my gosh, this is the like yeah. big mistake or I, worst yeah, I, I Yeah. There was one project, which, um, you know, my assistant who, she's not my assistant anymore. She's actually gone on to, you know, big, wonderful things. But um, she and I, we took a job with this this woman I had worked with before who had originally worked with Martha Stewart and was out on her own and she was doing sort of styling and she hired us to come in and style for a commercial and it was for a commercial for a furniture company and it all seemed great yeah you know and when we sat down at meetings it all went really well and then everything really went south very quickly when we got mm-hmm. on set 
because the director, I mean, I think he thought he was like Robert Redford or something. He was <laughs> for a furniture for spot. A furniture spot that was like 60 seconds right. on TV. So I thought it was going to be super, you know, we get there, you know, we always get there early. So we got there like at 7.30 in the morning, just like we normally do. You know, big trucks drove up. Mm-hmm. We had rented a house. It was a big advertising agency. You know, it was a, it was a very big shoot, I will say. And I knew it was going to be, but when we got inside, I mean, the prep was like two days, yeah. and that's pretty normal. So, and and that went really well. But when we got there, this guy that the, was the director was, I mean, he was like from outer space. I mean, oh, I'm sure he was a lovely human, but man, oh man, I mean, we spent eight hours doing one shot in a living room, and we had uh. like ten shots to do in like two days. Oh, my goodness. Right. And so that was like at, at lunch, we kind of looked at each other and said, I don't know. How this is gonna <laughs> yeah, this happen. is not going well. <laughs> and it was one of these people that really had no – the thing I don't like about people, if I'm working with them and it's going to be a bad experience, mm-hmm. the only thing I don't like is when people don't respect your time. Yes. That's yes. the only thing. I mean, you can – you know, I'm ha- – Fine, hanging off the rafters, hanging stuff, right? You know, running out and getting things last minute. I'm fine with all that, but when you start not respecting someone's time, mm-hmm. that's always a red flag. So this photo shoot, this this commercial shoot, went on until like eleven o'clock at night. So we were oh there from seven thirty in the morning till eleven o'clock at night, and this was for two days. And we literally. By the end of the second day, 48 hours later, we literally felt like we were hostages. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we felt like we were being held hostage. Right. So I personally, when people don't respect your time and they're making people stay really mm. a long time and and it's not like we're like getting paid time and a half sure. or something. We're, you know, we're just there because we have to be. Right. So that was the worst, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't even, you know, I've blanked out on what the name of the furniture company was. It was such a nightmare. You're trying to but put that's it on your only, mind. <laughs> but that's yeah, but that's like the most I think in, you know, twenty five years of styling, I think yeah. that was probably the most nightmarish thing. In the sense that we felt like we were hostages. Right, right. <laughs> so what are some of the lessons that you've learned kind of along the way that you feel like have contributed to your success? I mean, I think that you kind of mentioned some before, saying no and then um being just open. Being open. Mm-hmm. Um Doing what you love. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it is it is a business, so I do regard my business as a mm-hmm. business. And I think it's really important to constantly be out there looking for clients. Um, and there are lots of different ways to do that. And I'm very creative with the way that I um, sort of meet people and mm-hmm. network. And I also am very bold where if there's somebody I want to go after, I go after them. And, yeah. you know, I call them up on the phone or I email them or I go visit them in person. Um and then I think it's really um, it's it's really really important to listen to your clients. I think that that's probably a great lesson across the board for a lot of creative um, you know industries, right? I mean, to listen to your clients that's so huge, and that's so hard too as creatives because that's what we love, right? Is yeah, to create. I mean, so I think that uh, when you're creative, I think you give yourself a hall pass to. Mm-hmm. A, not be a business person, Mm. B, not listen to people and just be this creative. You know, if you want to have a successful creative business, you know, it is a people business and you Mm -hmm. do have to be um, a good partner to whoever your client is. And, um, 
you know, sort of give them what they want and, and, and also honor what they want. You know, right. I think that a lot of times we're so involved in, you know, our, our portfolio and what we want it to look like sure. and what we want to put together. But I think that other things I teach my assistants, mm-hmm. that's the thing I think that they walk away with, that they are in a business mm-hmm. and we are providing a service and even though it's creative, it still <laughs> needs to be business. And I think that goes across the board. I mean, I have a, um, I have, in Italy, I teach a lot of workshops, mm-hmm. and I have two workshops that sold out within like an hour that I put them up, and they were both privates with me, which I thought was really interesting. Wow, but awesome. I think people do want to learn how to run their business. Mm-hmm. And how to do all those nitty-gritty things that you do. And I think a lot of times if you're artistic, you say, oh, well, I'm not very good at numbers and I'm not very good at business. And I just think that's a terrible thing to, yeah. to do because it's a it's a weird perception. It's sure. just kind of like, like you know, if, if a woman said to you, oh, you know, I'm a woman, I'm not very good at that – You'd slap her in the face. Right. You'd say, what are you talking about? Right. That's insane. What are you, from 1922? Sure, you know? Sure. It's the same thing with creatives. I just mm-hmm. feel like it's time for creatives to just say, you know, I can run a business. I can do numbers. I can make this work. I can do something I love that feeds my soul, mm-hmm. but also feeds my face. Yeah. You know? And speaking of workshops, so these are, workshops are held, now correct me if I'm wrong, at the Medieval castle that you are are renovating in Tuscany, guys. Tuscany. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Don't you want, like, Annette is going to get a lot of requests after this podcast to, like, adopt. (laughs) Will you adopt Uh, us? Yeah, I already get, like, can I I just carry your stuff? Right. Yeah. We we have a lot of, a lot of the people that teach at our workshops get those, too, those messages on Instagram, like, uh, can I just come in, like, Hold your paintbrushes right, for you. Right, right. So tell me, how did this end up to where you're renovating a medieval castle? I don't know. My husband would probably ask the exact same question. So <laughs> um, I, we've lived in Italy now for about 14 years. Mm-hmm. We lived on the Italian Riviera. In fact, I have a book coming out in the spring, and it's called Cocktail Italiano about the aperitivo life. Because other than, you know, styling and renovating, I really like to drink. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like to go and have a cocktail Another reason why I love you. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, in Italy, there's a, a, a ritual that they mm-hmm. have drinks every day yeah. it, you know, at the beachside or whatever. And, um, you know, it's it's great because they bring nibbles and you eat nibbles and you drink because they don't really like people to drink without eating right. in Italy. It's okay. sort of a thing. So I've written a book about this. So we lived in Alassio, which was on the Italian Riviera on the coastline. Um, about an hour uh, from Nice, France, and about an hour from Genoa, so equal okay. distance, sort of yes. in the middle. Okay. And on the Ligurian Sea, and I spent many summers there. And I started doing workshops about five years ago, and so I thought, oh, you know, it might be fun to do them in Italy. I had a girlfriend who owned a B and B in Alassio, and yeah. so we did for two years. We did one right after the other. Mm-hmm. Every summer we would do one, and they were really successful. And then I decided, you know, I really like doing these. I really kind of love, you know, I'm a hostess, and this yeah. is sort of a natural sort of progression of, from that. And I like hosting people and showing them my Italy. And so that's what happened is we just ended up looking for a place. It took us about three and a half years to find what I was looking mm-hmm. for. And it was the first house I looked at. And it, I thought it was really big because it was a fortress. Yeah. And it looked like a big project. And it was owned by two brothers. 
and they were working on it, and they weren't really getting along, so they wanted to oh, sell boy. it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it t- like, typical Italians, it was on a lot of acreage, and it had a vineyard, which I didn't even really know. No one had told me this, that it had a, a working vineyard, which is typical Italian. They're very, like, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, by it's the way, vin- vineyard, we got a yeah. vineyard in the backyard, too. Exactly. No biggie. It was very <laughs> crazy. So I looked at this project, and it was really perfect. It had a barn that would make a studio. Mm-hmm. It had the ability to have many guest rooms so we could everybody stay with us and a main house. And it had a terrace to die for and a view that was, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like oh, my, you know, you're like, oh, my, I'm yeah. just by this for the view. Right. The thing that sold me on the house, though, really, was they had the most beautiful, they had installed the most beautiful ceiling, wooden ceiling. It was all, it was from a ship. And they had taken it all and restored it and then they put it on their ceiling. It was gorgeous. And then they had all very old tile floors. So then I proceeded for three and a half years to look at tons of other property. And I'm writing a book about it called Italy is My Boyfriend. Yes. Because Can't people are people are always that. like, what? why Italy? And I'm like, it's like a boyfriend. It's like yeah. a, a good boyfriend and yeah. a bad boyfriend. <laughs> and you like to date it and you right. kind of like to sleep with it, but sometimes you want to kill it. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's what Italy is right. like. And it's been like that for us for many years. So after three and a half years of searching and actually seriously like finding things that we were interested in buying, I finally, I said to my husband, I was like, you know what? I think we should buy that first house. And he was honestly, I think he was just so over hearing about all these houses I was looking at. He was like, he was like Whatever. yes, <laughs> let's buy this house. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so it's been, um, it's been a real, I mean, I make it sound like, oh, it's just, it's been unbelievable. It's been a lot of work. I'm sure. And it's been nice because <laughs> over the year and a half that I've been renovating this place, I've, my Italian is amped up because... I have to speak Italian to to all of the workers. And so it's made it just so much nicer. We have an amazing construction crew. I they are unbelievable. They're fast, they're good, they're they show up, they're lovely. I love them. Uh, They love me. They take care of me. The first night that I stayed alone in the house, one of the workers was very cute because he's like, he, they were very nervous. La donna es solo. You know, I'm alone. I'm a woman. (laughs) So um, he was very cute. He sheepishly sort of came over and said, let me put my number on your phone. And my family and I live right up the hill and I could be here very quickly if there's a problem. That's so sweet. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. So Christian yeah. is really sweet. He, like, you know, looks, you know, makes sure I'm okay. And right. He lives up the hill, so he's out constantly driving by. Ciao, Annette. Like, I'm eating dinner on the terrace with a bunch of people. Ciao, Annette. <laughs> it's very funny. Oh, that's very so cute. awesome. Yeah. Because Annette has so much awesome stuff to talk to us about, we divided this up into two parts. So if you want to check out the second part, you will find some really awesome host or hostess gift ideas, why Annette hates potluck, tips on who to invite to a dinner party and how to, like, dissipate any awkwardness at a dinner party. And she even gives us a really cool specialty cocktail recipe. I've never heard of this recipe before. So don't forget to check out part two of Annette Joseph with The Heidi Roo Show. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know, either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Roo. Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 